I'm Danielle. And I'm Christy. And you are listening to Snacks with Stein. Let's do it. Welcome back to Snacks with Stein. I'm Christy. Danielle is my wonderful co-host off somewhere in California doing all kinds of shenanigans. Hello. Say hello, Danielle. And we are coming back to you. It's uh, It's been a minute, but not really. Like, I guess we've taken some extra time because both Danielle and I did some traveling. We went on vacation. Um, Danielle, how is it your was trip? wonderful. I did not want to come back. I'm in the throes of post-vacation depression at this time. Like, you know, when you come back and just everything sucks. Like, that's, like, I'm sure you feel that. Like, you just come home and you're like, fuck this house. Fuck everything. That's that's me. (laughs) I'm just like, fuck it. I don't want to do this. I'm so angry. Because you're just like, I miss my hotel. And I miss the sun. And I miss whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, gosh darn it. So it was beautiful. You went to Hawaii? It was lovely. Oh, wow. The goth wow. children do Hawaii. How the goth children do Hawaii. <laughs> oh, it's like um, it's like a it special. Is. Like, uh, you remember like all those sitcoms? Yeah. Like every once in a while, like they would go to uh-huh. Hawaii and everybody would have like a matching yep. floral shirt. <laughs> We're like the only people like in full black at the resort and people like look at you. And Mike's like, no, they're not. I'm like, they are straight looking at us. It's <laughs> because they're like. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Most everyone is in like a swimsuit or some derivative of like shorts and whatever. And like I had shorts, but I wear long shorts or like, you know, like Bermuda shorts and like they're black. And then like I usually have a shirt, long sleeves on because I don't like to expose my arms and I have tattoos. So I cover them, you know, a lot of the time just for sun damage, whatever. And preserve the ink. I mean, they're faded because they're older, but like I don't, they don't need help, you know? And I don't like getting sunburned right. and all that stuff. So it's like I usually wear long sleeves just because that's me, you know. So so you're like the only sure. people in like long sleeves and like full black. And it's like I am feeling this vibe though. Like we pan back and forth between like the sunny uh-huh. goers like making castles yep. in the sand. And it's like Danielle and her crew and they have like black umbrellas yeah. and they're making like coffins in the sand. Anyone has ever like- watched uh, what's that store? Portlandia, the goth characters went to the beach and it was very like <laughs> like that. It was like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But it was beautiful. Well, I'm we saw whales and my mind was blown. Oh, wow. Like I have never seen a whale like out wow. in the real like ocean before. And neither had Mike, so that was like really cool. Cause we saw baby whales and we saw big whales. And yeah. It was that was like mind blowing experience just to see like them out in like the world, you know? Yeah. And that was really cool. But yes. Yeah. I want to go back now. <laughs> and it was my first well, of my course first you flight do. in I guess two and a half years. Yeah. We flew there Isn't in scary? October of twenty nineteen to Hawaii. That was the last trip we took, like on a plane. 
And then COVID happened, yeah. obviously, and I have not been had not been on a plane since October of 2019. So that was wild. I like almost forgot how to do it. I was like, I have to check in for this flight. I almost forgot. How do I do this again? <laughs> it was like completely like yeah, I forgot. And you like and you too. Like you hadn't flown. Well, you you flew to Vegas though. So your Florida flight was your second your second flight. Yeah. Right. Because mm-hmm. you went to Vegas. right and. Yeah, it's a little different crowd going to Vegas, oh, right. though. Um, <laughs> like, the Vegas crowd, like, we had no problems. And then, like, the Florida crowd, it was, like, every five minutes, the stewardess was coming on being like, listen, you seriously have to wear oh, really? <laughs> yes. We got it. We had no issues yes. on the way to Hawaii. But on the way home, we had a more full flight. And if you – not at lot highs, maybe, like, three times they came on and said something like you have to wear your mask if once you're done eating, yeah. once you're done eating and drinking you know so we got it a few times. yeah yeah well that's good i'm glad you had a good trip yeah. well all right so this is kind of a special but not really a special it's our it's our valentine's day episode and we love a theme Um, It is going to be a long one, you guys. I considered breaking this into two episodes, but I think that we're just going to plow through. Like you and all of our listeners, Danielle, I'm going to take everyone on a date tonight. (laughs) You are all going to be my Valentine's Day date. It works out because I'm a little bit sick, so my register is a little bit lower, so I've got kind of a sexy vibe going on. So we're all going to go on a date for like a few hours, and we're going to... we're going to solve a whodunit, right? That's that's what we're going to do. So today's episode, in, in honor of Valentine's Day, we're going to be covering Broken Hearts, which is in the Fear Street realm. So that's that's me. I'm going to be doing that one. Oh, uh, quick aside. So I have decided I am not a collector of these books. So I started putting the ones that we've already used on eBay. And I did not know that like some of this, like the rare ones are super expensive. Um, So I actually happen to have like the far as I can tell, the rarest one is a a first edition copy of the best friend two. And I just so happen to have a first edition copy wow. of the best friend too. And they go for like 150 bucks. Crazy. Can you believe that? So after we cover that on the show, I'd say that we sell it and we can use it as like an equipment fundraiser. Yes. Maybe we can get ourselves like if we need a microphone, I know Danielle's been wanting a new microphone. Like we can get something fancy. Love it. Okay, sorry. Quick aside. Let's go on our date, everyone. It's Valentine's Day. I chose this book for that reason. And just by looking at it, I can tell that this will be a festive, murderous romp (laughs) through the nostalgia fields. And that's what we all came for, right? And everyone knows, you know, I love an excuse to add porn music into the episodes. So let's do it. The cover of this one has a young, pretty, dark-haired girl, and she's standing at her locker. She's wearing what looks like a very kick-ass, it's gotta be, like, pink suede, or it might be denim, which would be equally as cool, but it's a very, like, cool pink jacket. And she's standing at an open locker amongst a row of lockers, 
and she has just started to put away the books that she's holding when she notices that someone has written in red blood, maybe paint the words "You're dead," drawn like a, a broken heart on the inside of the door. Festive. Okay, <clears throat> Danielle, just hold on to okay. your shit. Trigger warning for animal harm. Oh, bleh. Sorry. Also, fair warning. This one has a lot of characters, um, much in the vein of like Silent Night or um, oh, Prom Queen. Like, there's there's quite a few characters because they're trying to to throw you in different directions as we go. I'm not gonna lie. You might need to write some shit down. Totally up to you. I'm going to try my very best to uh, mention names directly so okay. that we don't get confused. But Danielle, it is your job to be like, okay, wait a minute. What? <laughs> what just it's my happened? Job. Who are we talking about? Okay. You're in charge. You're speaking for the okay. audience. You're going on this date for the audience. <laughs> All right. Oh, and as an extra special treat, when I open this book to find the copyright... I found a little gem. I love it when we see funny shit like written into the books. Me too. Um, so on the first page, someone, this is girl writing. This is definitely girl handwriting, has given us a helpful glossary of, quote, teen terms. And they even supplied us with a website of teenvocab.book, oh which I checked does not exist. Right. Um, but she has very diligently written out and this very like in this handwritten in this front page, a list of the terms. But here are the terms that she has supplied us with. Each one is underlined and there's a very professional dash next to each one before the definition. So super professional. Love it. Okay, you ready? So, hot means cute. <laughs> cool means popular. Dude means skateboarder. And she has spelled skateboarder, S-C-A-T-E. Guy means boy. Thank you for the clarification. <laughs> Yo means hey, groovy means cool slash awesome was up and she has spelled was with w-u-z okay so this is not part of the book right this is something that someone wrote no somebody wrote this in the first page going out means boyfriend slash girlfriend and dating means going to the movies etc dot 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 the last term (laughs) the j look (laughs) The letter J, look, which apparently means baggy pants. And she drew us a helpful visual aid, which is a little picture of baggy pants. Amazing. And it's amazing. Like somebody was like, I'm going to make a glossary of terms. Yeah. Yes. I'll make it, make sure to take a picture and I'll post it. Um, Good times. That's amazing. Copyright. Is Archway Paperbacks January first, nineteen ninety three? Did this person who wrote the tagline read put in who they were? Like I'm so and so. No, Uh, she did not sign it. She did not anything. But you can tell by the huge bubble letters, it's a girl. No boy writes like that. But yeah, she's a helpful glossary. Love it. 
The tagline reads, Valentine's Day can be a killer. Mm. All right. Ready? Here we go. It's the very beginning of fall in Shadyside. Erica, Melissa, Josie, and Rachel are all cruising in Melissa's blue firebird down Old Mill Road. Josie and Rachel are twins, but of course they're polar opposite. Rachel is the pretty one. She has long red hair. She's very used to getting what she wants. She's the calmer of the two twins. While Josie is much like moodier, right? She's edgier. Uh, she's quick to piss somebody off if the mood strikes her. Doesn't bother her one bit. Uh, the best way to put Josie in like characterization is she has the super short hair, but very long earrings. Okay. Kind of boss bitch thing going on. And she's pulling it off okay. in high school. Okay. Both girls are 16. Rachel and Josie, those are the twins, they are the older sister of Erica. Erica always felt that her older sisters treated her kind of like a baby. And she was very surprised when Rachel had invited her to come along with them to go horseback riding. You see, Erica's only 14, but she was going to be starting her first year at Shadyside High. She's kind of excited. You know, she feels like this might mean that her, her sisters are going to start treating her differently now. Like maybe... Maybe she gets to be a part of things. And all three sisters live across Fear Street mm. from Melissa, who is driving the car. It's her car. Josie, who I guess is like the most boy crazy one in the car, starts talking about Chuck. And he is the stable boy at the horse riding place. And he's so cute. Chuck is the worst thing. Melissa asks Erica if she has a boyfriend. And Erica kind of gets embarrassed. You know, she's 14. She's like, no, you know, I don't have a boyfriend. And when they pull up to the barn and they get out, and of course, Josie runs over there to go meet Chuck, Erica is immediately regretting her decision to come along. Now, if you've never been close to a horse in real life or tried to ride one, believe me when I say they're much bigger in person. Okay? They, they can look really scary. Right? Yeah. Have you ever have you ever gone horseback riding? I've never gone horseback riding, but I've been to like a stable with big horses, and like they're they're beautiful, but yeah, they're huge. Like they're much bigger than you think. They are depending on the kind of horse. Right, right. Well, but the other thing about horses is that they also like pick up on emotions, right? right? Mm -hmm. So if you're freaked out, they're going to be, be freaked out. out. Right. And Erica is not really into doing scary things. Mm -hmm. Like her sisters are athletic and they're daring, and like Erica's not really. But she really wants to be accepted by them, so she's she's trying to be brave. She's trying to put on a brave face. But really, these horses, like, they scare the shit out of her. So Eric is scared of the horses. Yep. Josie is a flirt, okay. right? Josie's the edgy twin. But what we didn't know about her is that she already has a boyfriend. Okay. And you're going to hate this name. <laughs> her boyfriend's name is Jerry Jankman. Oh, Lord. <laughs> whom everyone calls Jankman. K. K. I wrote K. <laughs> uh, 
But, of course, you know, she's thinking about breaking up with him. According to Erica, Josie changes boyfriends like socks. So, it's no surprise that she leaps out of the car and starts flirting with Chuck, the hot stable boy. He leads out a few horses, and he asks them if they would mind saddling their own horses while he goes to get some, um, goes to help some beginners who are about to go out on the trail. You see, the thing was, the girls had only been riding once before, but they straight up lied to Chuck previously about being experts so that they could go on, like, a special trail. Mm-hmm. Erica is now definitely ready to bail. So she lies. She says she has a stomach ache. Uh, you know, oh, go on without me. I don't, I'm not feeling good. Rachel believes her. Yeah. Rachel believes her. She's like, you know, do you want me to drive you home? Like, are you going to be like, what should we do? Josie is just like, "Ah, I think she's lying. She's just a chicken. Just leave her. Like, let's just go. And Melissa is trying to kind of like encourage Erica. She's like, Hey, you know, we're all beginners. Like you shouldn't worry if, you know, you feel like you don't know what you're doing. It's going to be okay. Um, but Erica insists that no, you know, she just has an upset stomach. Maybe she can catch up with them in a little while. And the girls agree to let her stay behind and they try to saddle their horses. But again, they don't really know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they think they've got it right. They, everything looks kind of correct and they start to head off. Melissa asks Rachel why she's not wearing her helmet, but she says she hates to wear a helmet. She doesn't want to wear it. So she's not going to, um, she's just going to go without yeah, I guess we just Rachel's horse. We can have no helmet. Go ahead. There's a no helmet. We think there's a no helmet law in Hawaii because pretty much everyone on a bicycle or a motorcycle or a scooter, like on the highway, had no helmet. We were like, oh, that's interesting. Anyway, well, I remember as kids we rode around never with a helmet ever, ever, ever. Like, and we rode bikes freaking everywhere because I'm from the Midwest right. and that's what you do. And then when my children were of bike riding age, I was like, oh, God, do we need a helmet? I never had a helmet. And then I started doing all this research about, like, brain damage and, like, uh, like, and I was like, well, we're wearing a helmet now. Good we're times. wearing a helmet everywhere. Good times. <laughs> everywhere. So, but Rachel's not wearing one. She has this really beautiful red hair, so I don't know if it's, like, she didn't want to mess up her mm, hair. She doesn't not. say why. And we also notice that Rachel's horse is a little bit jumpy, but it's not a big deal. She's ridden before. They they kind of, they go out into the pasture and they're talking about how pretty it is and how the day is so nice and they're sad that the summer is over. Josie is disappointed in Erica. She thinks Erica's still just a little kid. She shouldn't really be invited to come along anymore. And Melissa says that Josie should cut Erica a break. You know, ninth grade's going to be really hard. Of course, then the topic switches to boys, where Josie announces that she is definitely breaking up with Jankman and makes fun of Rachel for staying with her longtime boyfriend, Luke. Luke. I have an org. Luke. Rachel is Luke's longtime boyfriend. Josie is Rachel's twin. Are we good? I have an org chart going. Okay. Who she's been dating since freshman year. We learn that Melissa is actually dating one of Josie's cast-off boyfriends, which, to be fair, it's kind of hard not to do because Josie has been dating most of the school. We aren't saying uh, Melissa's boyfriend. Did we get his name yet? I don't know if we got his name yet. Uh, Melissa's boyfriend is 
Dave. Dave. Okay. Nice and simple. Yes. Okay. So Josie was Jankman, Rachel with Luke, Melissa with Dave. Dave and Josie dated before Melissa and Dave. And the other one is little. Because Josie dates everyone. Yes. And the other one's 14. 14. All right. Now, we aren't saying that Josie's a garden tool per se, but she likes to try a lot of people on just to see if they fit. But what Melissa says that, you know, she likes Dave, despite what Josie's warning her that, you know, Dave's immature and that's why she broke up with him. The girls then bride along in silence. It's great weather. The clip-clop of the horse hooves are kind of lulling everyone into a calm state of reflection. Melissa thought about Dave and how, you know, he could be a little bit wild, but she really did like him. Melissa looked up just in time to see a dog run out in front of Rachel's horse. The horse spooked and bucked, and Rachel's saddle came loose, and she went flying along with it. She landed on her head with a crack, and the horse took off toward the barn. And Josie just starts yelling over and over, She landed on her head! She landed on her head! And Melissa yells at Josie to go and get help, but all Josie could do is keep repeating that she landed on her head. Wow. This this book spans like two years, so there's a lot of time jumps. How many pages so, is it? 218. Wow, that's a long one. It's the longest one we've done so far. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I picked it for the theme. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be all right. So now we get a time jump. Okay, this horrible accident has happened. And now it is the following February. We're in Melissa's room and she's having a nightmare. It's been five months since the accident, but Melissa still has nightmares about horses. Her mother comes in to wake her, and we learn that Rachel did, in fact, survive the accident. But she's not the same. There's some kind of brain damage that happened when she hit her head. And Melissa talks about how she likes to go visit Rachel and how sometimes Rachel seems to know who Melissa is, but other times... Rachel just kind of stares at her, and then sometimes Rachel just kind of speaks gibberish. As for Josie, they aren't friends anymore. Josie blames Melissa for Rachel's accident, 100%. She thinks that Melissa didn't do a good job attaching the saddle to the horse. Mm. Which, to be fair, the saddle flew off the horse, but... Well, to be fair, Chuck none of them knew what they were them. doing. Yeah, Chuck should be fired, okay? <laughs> fire Chuck. Hashtag fire Chuck. <laughs> now, across the street, Josie is in her living room because remember, these girls live across the street from each other. Mm-hmm. And she's having an impromptu makeout session with Steve. Who's Steve, you stay? Steve is her new boyfriend. And he seems ornery. And we like that. But then we are quickly corrected from this line of thinking 
because Josie's little white terrier, whose name is Muggy, <laughs> comes in and is acting adorable. And Steve says that he can't understand how Josie can stand that mutt and that she should just step on it and put it out of its misery. Excuse me? Okay, Steve. You don't like it. You can leave now. Yeah. Kill Steve first. Kill Steve first. Steve can die now. Bye. At least Josie defends little Muggy. Good. And Muggy just like sneezes in disapproval Aww. at Steve. And he leaves the room. The snow is falling outside, and Josie looks out the window and across Fear Street at Melissa's Firebird parked in the driveway. Steve moves in on her for a kiss, and Josie lets him, thinking about how good-looking he is. Steve is basically Zach Morris, okay? Like, broad-shouldered, blonde, kind of a lopsided grin. And Josie has a psychopathic moment where she explains that she likes to kiss him with her eyes open. Ew. Because he's so good looking. I know, isn't that gross? I seriously wrote ew. Who does that? No one does that. No one does that. Uh, gross. So Steve breaks the kiss and asks if she's ready to head out to the mall. And she says, yeah, that she is. They go to leave and Josie notices a stack of mail on the hall table. She sees that there's an envelope for her in the stack, and it's a square card. And when she opens it, she sees that it is a valentine. Steve is confused, saying he didn't send her a valentine. But there's a big red heart on the front, and on the inside, the printed script had been crossed out with a black marker. And scribbled in pen, there was a poem. Violets are blue, roses are red, on Valentine's Day, Josie will be dead. Oh. How nice. Cute. Why isn't it? Josie's kind of pissed. I don't know. Steve, Steve is Steve. She thinks that this is a threat. Like, this is, should be taken seriously. But Steve kind of checks her. He's like, it's probably just someone's idea of a joke. Like, it's a stupid joke, but, you know, you should really just ignore it. Josie, who is in fact the son, says that she thinks it's Jankman. You know, he's just been obsessed with her since she broke up with him five months ago. He follows her around. He looks all sad and it's just annoying. And, you know, this is totally him, like just sending her a threat. Steve tells her to calm down just to ignore it. And she finally agrees and they start to leave for the mall when someone grabs Josie's neck from behind and starts to choke her. And we aren't that mad about it. <laughs> Rachel was the one who had Josie's neck in the chokehold, starts laughing wildly. When Josie tells her to stop laughing that it's not funny, Rachel stops laughing immediately and becomes expressionless. She just stares. Steve says hi to her, but Josie starts yelling for Erica. Where was Erica? She was supposed to be watching Rachel. Erica comes down the stairs and speaks softly to Rachel, saying that she got away from her, didn't she? 
She's followed down the stairs by Luke. Now, remember, Luke was Rachel's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Who, as we know, again, was Rachel's longtime boyfriend. Despite everything that happened to Rachel, Luke was still devoted to her. And he visited her often. Rachel asks Erica to brush her hair, and Erica gently reminds her that she just brushed her hair upstairs. Rachel seems confused. Josie is still bitching about how Erica was doing a shitty job of watching Rachel because she let her out of her sight. Then Josie announces that she's off to the mall with Steve. Erica flips out. She reminds Josie that she promised to watch Rachel this afternoon because Erica has to study for her social studies test. But Josie says, sorry, some other time. The girls are supposed to be taking turns watching their sister because the family can't afford, like, a full-time nurse for her. Okay. But Josie never takes her turn. She always leaves her with Erica. Josie sounds like a butt. It's very reminiscent of uh, Reva Dalby when we did Silent Night. Okay. There's very few redeeming qualities about Josie. It gets worse. (laughs) Rachel asks for her hair to be brushed again and then goes to the pile of mail. She drops part of the letters and the valentine falls out. Erica asks why Josie is getting valentines five days before Valentine's Day and Josie tells Erica to read it. Maybe she can figure out who sent it. So Erica reads the poem aloud and Rachel starts laughing hysterically, like so hard she starts to cough. Josie says that it's probably just one of her admirers. And you know what? She's out of there. They're off to the mall. Erica is left behind with Rachel and Luke. And Rachel asks for Erica to brush her hair again. That's her thing. Rachel likes to be comforted by having her hair brushed. Erica says, okay, let's go up to your room. And Luke is seething mad, saying he can't believe Josie and that she needs to help out. Luke goes on to say that After all, what happened to Rachel was Josie's fault. Luke thinks that she didn't put the saddle on correctly. And then Erica begins to wonder if Luke could possibly be the person who has sent the Valentines to Josie. Starting to weave a web here. There's already some possible suspects. I'm glad you're writing them down because every once in a while I'm going to ask you. I have an org chart of people, but I'm not writing down everything that they do. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you'll need to pick a name at some point, so that's good. Bob did it. Right. It's Wednesday now, and the snow is falling hard on Shadyside. The wind's blowing hard enough, too, hard enough for this storm to be classified as a blizzard. And Josie's leaving school to go meet up with Steve at a coffee shop called The Corner. Erica comes running out of school, calling for Josie to stop. As Erica makes her way over to Josie, Josie notices how her younger sister, she's just not as pretty as Josie and Rachel. Isn't she clumsy? And oh man, she could lose some weight. Gee. Erica was supposed to try out for the school musical after school, but she noticed that Josie was walking in the wrong direction. Before they can talk at all, Jankman who is Josie's ex, 
comes walking up to the girls and he's trying to talk to Josie. Like, he's like, hey, you know, I just want to talk. And she straight up is pretending that, like, he's invisible. Like, he's not there. And it takes a few minutes of her, like, not responding, not looking at him before he just gets frustrated and leaves. Josie has no remorse about this. And because Josie's a bad person, Jankman's not the only person who's super pissed at her at the moment. Erica wants to know what the hell Josie is doing because Josie has to watch Rachel after school today. She promised she would. Erica is supposed to be at tryouts. Josie says, no. Erica will just have to try out some other time. Josie's going to go meet Steve. Sorry about it. Erica cannot believe how unfair Josie is acting. I mean, watching Rachel should not have to be Erica's full-time job. Erica has the right to enjoy high school, too. But Josie gives no fucks. She just looks at Erica in the face and said that she's not going to watch Rachel because she doesn't want to. And that's just too damn bad for Erica. In a rage, Erica yells at her that Rachel's accident was Josie's fault and she should have to help. But of course, Erica, being the softer one, regrets it the minute she says it. And she starts to take it back when Josie gets hit by a snowball. It was Dave who was standing nearby, who was Melissa's boyfriend. Right. It looks like Erica's going to miss tryouts. She has to go home and watch Rachel. After Josie walks out of sight, Megan asks Dave, what the hell? Why did you hit Josie with a snowball? Dave is like, I hate Josie. In fact, everybody does. <laughs> Melissa accuses Dave of still kind of liking her, even though they've been together for the last six months. She thinks Dave just wants to get Josie's attention, and Dave denies it. He said, in fact, and he says, you know, we should make an anti-Josie club. I bet we get, like, a lot of people to join up. <laughs> She's broken up with, like, half the school. Melissa tells him, you know, well, Luke would definitely join the club. He goes to visit Rachel all the time. And he says that the house um, is really lonely for Rachel and that Josie's mean to her. She never really speaks with her or spends any time with her. Um, But you know what? Melissa decides she doesn't really want to talk about Josie anymore. And she throws a snowball at Dave. And then Dave takes this as an invitation to, like, tackle her around the waist. And they fall into the snow. And there's some kissing. And when they're both semi-making out in public, when they hear the sound of glass breaking, they look up to see Jenkman standing in front of the school and laughing about how he had just broken the second floor window with a well-aimed snowball. He walks away giggling to himself like a Batman villain and walks right by Melissa and Dave, who are still laying in the snow. And Dave suggests that if he weren't so batshit crazy, Jankman could join their club, too. When Josie gets home from meeting Steve, she notices that both of her parents are not home. Surprise. Her mom works long hours at the phone company, and her dad owns a chain of hardware stores where he is constantly on the road checking on them. In fact, a few Christmases ago, Dave, Melissa's boyfriend, wanted to have a job at the hardware store for extra help and extra money for his family at Christmas time. When she heard her dad 
had hired him, she told her dad that she didn't want him working there. So he was let go from that position. It caused a lot of problems. It's another reason that Dave really hates Josie. She thinks about going upstairs to see Rachel, but instead she moves into the den to start her homework. The house has an intercom system hooked up to each room in case Rachel ever needed anything from upstairs. Oh, I forget. Did, did you ever know anyone with an intercom? Um, I knew a couple people that had like, they were like jank though, but you know, like they would use like, they had like the landline phone. And the landline phone had an intercom built into it. So if one room, like the kitchen, had a thing and then somebody else's room had another of the same phone, you could be like, hello, I'm calling you in from the office. Oh, <laughs> but not like a wall-wired, like, no, push button. No, not a wall one, no. Mm-mm. I'm trying to I, – I know that they existed – I think I maybe had one friend who lived in like a rich neighborhood Mm -hmm. and they had intercoms. I can't, you know, I can't recall now if my aunt may have. She's the only one I could think of when they had their other house. um, When we were, when we were younger, they had a different house than the one they have had now. And it had a really huge basement, like playroom thing. And I have a slight recollection that that may have had some kind of call box in there. I don't know if we ever used it or if it even worked, you know, but I have, that would be uh-huh. the only house I could think of that would have had it, would have been that house because you're communicating from the basement, you know, so it's like, right. you're like, hello. <laughs> so, well, so before you could just text someone to figure out where they were at in the house, if you needed to talk mm-hmm. to them. Um, and I guess it was pretty more common in like newer, nicer houses in the nineties. And then also mm-hmm. like, um, if someone had a disability, yeah. And in mm-hmm. this book, the intercom serves that purpose for like someone with a disability. So right. it's like, it's basically, it's a system. It's a wall wired speaker and microphone system where you could go up to the speaker and like press a button to like, kind of like a walkie talkie. Mm-hmm. And it would send your voice to the other rooms. And the idea is like, in like it, for instance, in this book, if Rachel is up in her room and she needs something, she can get on the intercom and call out for help for whoever else is in the room. It seems weird now, but it was a thing. Josie is starting on her homework and Luke bursts into the den and he is pissed. Calling Josie pretty much a selfish bitch, although Stein doesn't use those words because you know, this is archway paperbacks. So they're not going to not going to put up with that. He cannot believe that she made Erica miss her tryout. Erica is so upset and she doesn't, she doesn't even care about her. What's more after ditching Erica, when she does come home, she hides in the den instead of going up to see her sister. Josie takes his lecturing for about five seconds before she reminds Luke that he's not part of their family and he's certainly not her dad. He doesn't even go here. Okay, and once more, she tells him that the real reason that he's still hanging around Rachel, pretending to be this like super good person and some kind of hero is because he's a loser and he can't get another girlfriend. This sends Luke into a rage and he grabs a nearby letter opener and he starts to advance on Josie when Josie yells for him to stop. And that kind of breaks him out of this, like, fugue state that he was in. 
And like a total freak, he yells, no, and stabs the letter opener into the coffee table. Okay. Rude. That was a nice coffee table. Right. And he kind of like leaves the room to go calm himself down. Letter openers are another thing that seems weird now, now that I think about it. No, we use one all the time. And network, I use it all the time. You do? Mm-hmm. Does it have like the little blade in it, like the little hooky arm with the blade, or is it one of those like Mine's knife like looking jobs? One, like a kind of a knife, like a straight. Just, okay. It's a letter opener. Like I bought it and it says letter opener, you know, but it's like, it kind of looks like a knife, you know? I'm disappointed. Like, I thought yours would have like jewels on it or something. Something nice and good. Oh, that's a cheaper one because it's work, you know? It's like an, it's a work. Uh, Someone else is buying it, not me. <laughs> nice. Um, Jesus, Patches is gassing me out right now. Uh-oh. Patches, what did you eat? <laughs> oh, my God. What are they feeding you? What are they feeding you? <laughs> Luke says that he has to get out of there, right? He's acting crazy. Josie's pushed him to the edge. He's got to get out. And Josie is completely shocked. Why is everyone acting so weird? <laughs> Erica calls over the intercom yeah, that... That, hey, Rachel wants to see you, Josie. And Josie's like, well, maybe later. And she's like, no, get up here. And Josie says, you know, she'll see Rachel whenever she can. And then she sits there, having a pity party, wondering why everyone's mad at her. She hasn't done anything wrong. She just wants to be left alone. Just then, she notices the mail on the table. And she's received another valentine. And another rhyme for Josie. And this one goes, this Valentine's Day, no memories to save. The only flowers for you will be on your grave. And again, Josie cannot believe this is real. I mean, who would want to kill her? Who would? Who would? She's a super good person. That night, the whole house... Uh, wait a minute. Oh, for some reason, my autocorrect changes Josie to house. <laughs> like, I was trying to, like, use the Spanish. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Josie is a name. Like, yeah, like and it keeps changing it, it to house. Okay, well, house. But <laughs> that night, Josie's asleep in her bedroom on Fear Street. But she's wakened by Rachel's voice and the soft crackle of the intercom. Rachel is softly calling for Josie, calling for her to come to her room. She seems scared and kind of panicked. And Josie complains for a minute and then she gets up and starts making her way to Rachel's room, which is at the far end of the house in the dark. Josie hates this old house. Every step seems to bring a creak And the amount of noise that the house makes itself in the dark, it seems like the the house is alive. When she gets to Rachel's room, she straight up stubs her toe on Rachel's bed. But she sees that Rachel is asleep. Josie asks if, if she called her, but Rachel is breathing deeply. She doesn't seem to be awake at all. Was she talking in her sleep? Was she playing a joke? Josie doesn't really want to deal with her sister anyways, so she shrugs it off and she goes back to bed. 
Josie has only just settled into the soft mattress for a few minutes when she hears that intercom again. It's Rachel. Calling softly for Erica, but she seems more scared and more panicked now. The words almost sound like moans of fear, and Josie hurries back to Rachel's room. But there she is. Sleeping. She hasn't moved, actually. She tries to wake her, but she's in a deep sleep. And Josie is confused. She wonders what's going on, and she goes back to her bed and pulls up the covers. And just as she drifts off to sleep, she thinks she can hear the soft crackle of the intercom. And soft, grating laughter. I know. There's a fade out. And now it's the next afternoon. And Erica has set up a special audition for the musical with the teacher to make up for the one that she missed that day. Josie has promised to watch Rachel. But after last period, Josie's nowhere to be found. Ugh. Erica called home, hoping that maybe she had gone there. But no, Josie is just completely flaked again. And this time, she didn't even tell anyone. Erica apologizes to her teacher, and then she goes home to watch Rachel. Erica is upstairs in Rachel's room, brushing her hair out the way she likes. And Rachel starts announcing that Josie doesn't like Rachel anymore. She doesn't talk to her. And despite Erica trying to reassure Rachel that Josie does like her, she's her twin, of course she likes her. Rachel starts repeating over and over, I hate Josie, I hate Josie. And just then, the phone rang. It was Jenkman asking if Josie was there, and Erica tells him no, she's not home, and then he asks if she got his valentines. And we fade out again. The next day at school, Melissa meets Dave outside their math class. Dave is pissed. Josie turned Dave in for trying to copy off her on the math test. Melissa asked Dave if it was true, was he actually cheating, and Dave said that he was copying, but he can't believe that Josie would turn him in. So now he gets a zero on this test, and this test is half the grade of the class. So he has just failed math. And now he's off the wrestling team, which means no scholarship and no college. Oof. Dave is ready to kill Josie, and he just stomps off, yelling about how much he hates her. So, yeah, it's not looking good for Josie. I have a bad feeling. Not at all. Uh, that afternoon, yeah, something's coming. That afternoon, Josie decides to get out of the house and do some ice skating with Steve. She's having a total pity party. Everyone's being so mean to her. No one understands her, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> she even got another one of those threatening valentines. This one was just as gross as the last one, reading, Who's sending these cards? Don't bother to wonder. On Valentine's Day, you'll be six feet under. I mean, I admire their rhyming skills. I was just saying, we'll allow the rhyme. We'll allow the, the rhymes rhyme. are good. The rhymes yeah. are good. They're not like bad. They're not like 
uh, you know, trying to rhyme orange with something. Right. Or like shoving extra syllables in there to make it work. (laughs) Right. It's like, I always think about um, love actually when they redo love is love is all around us. And it's like, if you really like Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, God bless Bill Nye. Um, uh, so Josie's telling Steve that, you know, she's sure that it's Jenkman. I mean, he's obsessed with her after all. It must be him. They're chatting and talking, uh, and they're, they're taking a break from skating when Josie thinks that she sees someone watching them from behind the food stand. They decide to leave, and Josie and Steve share kind of like a pretty hot kiss, right, on her front porch. Josie heads into the house, but she stops abruptly when she steps in something sticky. Sticky. There's a trigger warning. Oh, God. Is it cranberry juice? <laughs> Then she looks up and she sees little Muggy's bloody body. Someone had stabbed him with the letter opener. What? Stein, I get why we do this, but can you do something else? Like, it seems like every book, if there's an animal... I don't know. But Muggy's gone. He has crossed the Rainbow Bridge. And Rachel comes into the living room and sees him. And she just starts pointing at him saying, There's the puppy. There's the puppy. Over and over again. Erica follows her out. She sees Muggy too. And she tries to pull Rachel away so that she won't be upset. Josie's just shocked. Who could have done this? Who would kill her dog? Meanwhile, across the street, Melissa is looking out her bedroom window at the house across the street, which is the house we were just in, in case anybody's confused. She saw, she saw Steve drop Josie off, and Josie went into the house. Melissa had been over to their house earlier to visit Rachel. Eric had told Melissa all about how Josie is constantly uh, making Rachel stay with Erica, and, take care of, and Erica has to take care of her all the time. When Melissa got back from visiting Rachel, she decided to give Dave a call to check on him. Because, you know, last time we saw Dave, he was getting kicked off the team and all the things. But his mom said that he'd been out for a while. However, that was like a few hours ago. So she's like, well, you know, I'll try him again. I'll try to call him. And this time, Dave answers the phone. She asks how he's doing. And he says, you know, he's pissed. He was officially kicked off the wrestling team after school for cheating. And now his life is basically ruined. This is all Josie's fault. She has literally ruined his life. Melissa points out, rather correctly, I might add, that Josie didn't cheat on the test. He did. But Dave's not interested in personal accountability right now, okay? The second she turns the blame at him, he says that he doesn't really feel like talking anymore, and he hangs up on her. Nice. So Melissa decides to call it a night. She pulls the drapes. She heads off to bed. 
Back across the street, the policemen have been called and they've taken little Muggy away. They do promise a full investigation into the matter. Josie and Erica are talking and watching them leave. And Josie said that the killer must have come through the back door. But why would they do that? To rob them? No, that can't be it. Rachel says that the police and mom checked and nothing was taken. Of course, Josie starts talking about how clearly this is all about me. Someone has done this specifically to me. And no, shut up about like all your rundown of facts and events of the evening, Erica. You know, everybody knows your life's lame and you have no life. But no, no, no. Josie knows who did this. It's simple. It was Jenkman. Erica tells Josie in a very calm but like firm manner. Like in my mind, I see that meme where the the girl's like, bitch. Very calm but firm manner. This wasn't Jenkman. Josie demands to know how she knows. And Erica tells her Jenkman called the other day to talk to Josie. But of course she was out. And she told him about the threatening Valentine's. He told Erica that he did send a few signed secret admirer, but he didn't send any threats. He would never do that. Josie thinks that not only is Jankman the the creep behind all this, because of course he's obsessed with her, but she thinks that Erica must have some kind of a crush on that loser. And Erica admits she does, you know, but that doesn't matter at all because all she does is take messages for Josie. He only wants Josie's attention. Mom comes in then and asks Josie to go and brush Rachel's hair. She's really upset about Muggy, and Mom needs Josie's help to calm Rachel down. In a rare moment of thinking about someone that's not Josie, she agrees and even goes into her room. It's after midnight now, and she starts brushing Rachel's hair. Rachel at first just stares into the distance calm but unaware of her surroundings Josie keeps brushing and she looks up for a moment in the mirror to see that Rachel is staring back at her now alert and aware and all Rachel says is someone hates you someone really hates you Josie asks Rachel if she knows who did this to Muggy, and all Rachel will do is repeat in a low sing-song whisper, Someone really hates you. (laughs) And then there's a fade out. What do we think about Rachel? Is it an act? Like the whole being like like bedridden or whatever, like that whole thing? Like her whole. She's not technically bedridden. She's had like brain damage and she can't. Brain damage. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. That's the word. I was trying to find the word. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that would be easy just to be like, yeah, I'm. I'm, And he's certainly done that kind of thing to us before. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see. And now. It's Valentine's Day. And Steve has just arrived at Josie's house. He's tall. 
He's grinning at the front door. He tastes like peppermint and he smells like polo and leather. <laughs> Josie leads him into the house and she teases him, he better have a gift for her. And he says, oh, I might. And the sexy vibe is interrupted, however, by Luke, who is just leaving the house. Steve says hi to him. He asks how he's doing. And Luke says, I'm not that good. You see, he just brought a card and some chocolates over to Rachel, but she just stared at them. He just, she doesn't even know who he is. So it's awkward for a moment. And then Steve just kind of leaves. Or not Steve. Luke just kind of leaves. Steve asks if Josie's ready to go ice skating. But Josie's not sure they should go out. She shows Steve the latest valentine she's gotten from whoever wants to kill her. It reads, Roses are red. Violets are gray. On Valentine's Day you'll start to decay. That's another good one. That is a good one. I like that one. Right? It's enough to kind of spook Josie a little bit. Like, they're getting a little bit nastier, right? And Josie, she just wants to rent a video and stay in. <laughs> right? She's like, I just want to stay home and not have anyone kill me. Thank you. Yeah. Like, let's maybe not. This is the one day that <laughs> someone has said that they want to kill me, but... <laughs> Steve really wants to go ice skating. He assures her that the Valentines are a stupid joke and that, you know, he told some other kids from school that they were going to meet up with them at the rink. So they're arguing about going out or staying in when Rachel's sing-song voice comes over the crackling intercom of the living room wall. Somebody really hates you. And now Josie's ready to leave the house. She's not going to stay with creepy Rachel. She wants to go ice skating with Steve. Steve's confused, but whatever. He just wants to get out of the house, too. Erica's voice can be heard on the intercom now, asking if Josie is leaving. Josie says, yeah, they're out. But Erica protests, saying that the nurse had to leave early and Erica will be left alone again. But Josie just snaps at her that she's leaving, and what does it matter to Erica anyway? I mean, it's not... Like Josie, or it's not like Erica has a date. And then she realizes that that might have been a step too far. And she's like, okay, I promise I'll watch Rachel tomorrow, but I'm out. And she drags Steve out of the house. It's cold out, but it's one of those really pretty winter nights where the frost is everywhere and the snow is sparkly on the ground. As they get into Steve's car, Josie notices two things. One, all the lights are on in Melissa's house across the street, and she can see someone standing behind the window. Two, Luke's car is still there. Even though he's left the house, he's, he's sitting in his car. The headlights are on. He's, he's staring straight ahead. It's kind of weird. Josie asks Steve if she thinks that Luke is okay, and, and Steve's like, yeah. I guess maybe he just wants to be alone. They discuss Steve going over to check on him, but in the end they decide just to leave him alone. And Steve drives down Fear Street towards town. Josie is trying to shake everything off, but the truth is she's scared. All these threats and Muggy and Rachel, everyone acting weird, it's, it's really gotten to her. 
and she really thinks that she might die tonight. So what do you think, Danielle? Who's your money on right now? <sighs> it's evidently not Jinkman. It feels too obvious. It feels just like, duh. Because he's the sad breakup guy. Right. Yeah. Now. Could be Rachel. Because mm-hmm. it's all, it's it's that it's coming from inside the house theory. Right. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> so I kind of have some money on her. Hmm. It could even be the little sister. I don't know. Sisters suck. I'm going to go with one of the sisters. You think it's one of the sisters? Right now. So it's either Rachel or Erica. Or it could even be Chuck because we – where did he go? <laughs> yeah, Chuck got fired. Maybe he's been living on the street <laughs> since then, right? Okay. No one would suspect Chuck. Um, no, I like it. Okay. Well, it's now – it's 2 a.m. It's still Valentine's night, even though it's technically tomorrow, but it's like 2 a.m. the night of Valentine's Day. So Erica wakes up and she realizes that Josie has not come home yet from her date with Steve. Dad is away on business and mom is fast asleep and no one has realized that Josie should have been home by now. Erica picks up the phone and she calls over to Steve, who was asleep and is surprised to hear that Josie isn't home yet. Steve says that they they had a big fight at the skating rink and that Josie left. He didn't let her leave alone. She left with a group of kids from school um, that they had met up with over there, but he, he didn't see her after that. When Erica is about to ask more questions, the doorbell rings. Erica runs down the stairs in her nightshirt to answer it, but the same policemen that came to the house to take Muggy are standing there. They ask if her parents are home, and just then, Mom comes down the stairs, tying her robe, and asks for them to come in. Standing in the hall, the policemen tell the family that Josie has been murdered. They found her body in the alley behind the skating rink. She wasn't robbed, but she had been stabbed in the back with the blade of an ice skate. Mom breaks down, and Erica is in shock, and Rachel descends the stairs in a long white nightgown. You know, the kind that no one wears ever in the last century, but okay. And she just smiles and says, someone really hates Josie. The next morning, Melissa gets a call. It's Dave. He is freaking out. He says he's done something stupid, really stupid, and he's in a lot of trouble. And then there's a fade out. And let me just say, while I can appreciate the ice skate in the back, which was very cool, I understand kind of what he was going for there. I feel like it would have been more effective and like rage induced if she had taken the skate to the face. Yeah. And I was going to ask you the best, if you can think of the best kill, either it can be horror movies or books that involved a like ice and or like an ice skate. Oh. 
Favorite kill. I can't. I can't think of one specifically with ice. Trying to think like if there's any I can like immediately think of. I, you know, and now that I've asked you that, I'm going, gosh. But I, I know <laughs> that there is. I'm sure there are some. I mean, there's so many movies in the world. But for some reason, I just, my brain is like, nope. Not so much. The only thing that comes to mind is like ice picks, you know? But like I'm trying to right. think, when was there an ice pick? And then then I also think, which doesn't really count as ice, but like in Jason X, he puts this girl's face in like liquid ice, like space ice. Oh. And then it freezes and then he like smashes her head open. <laughs> so that's sort of ice. Sort of ice, ice. Yeah. I, I don't think I've – I don't remember any kills with an ice skate, though, because I feel like they're pretty dull. No. Yeah, I mean, they can cut you pretty good, but they – but you have to, like, really get someone. But they could – I mean, if you found the right vein, of course, you could, like, bleed Sure, out, sure. You know, but. Huh. Well, people out there listening, hit us up. Let us know on Facebook if there are, or you can tweet us the the GIF of the kill. Sometimes I get that on Twitter. Uh, of your of a good ice kill. So Dave has done something stupid. Melissa goes to the corner, the coffee shop, to meet Dave. Dave looks like shit. Like he hasn't slept in a while. She asks him if he's heard about Josie, and he says, "Yeah, I saw it on the news this morning." And he confesses he's done something stupid. He hates Josie. I mean, not just for the way that she broke up with him or for the loss of that job at her dad's hardware store the previous Christmas. You know, his family actually did need that money, but whatever. But also the cheating thing. But again, like, he wanted to scare her. So he sent her some valentines with death threats in them. Now, he didn't kill her, okay, but he knows that, you know, like, once the cops find out that it was him that sent the threats, like, they're specifically going to think that he's the one that killed her. Especially because he said she was going to die on Valentine's Day, and guess what? She died on Valentine's Day. Melissa's shocked, right? And she's pissed, because mostly she's jealous. She thinks that this whole thing is because Dave still has feelings for Josie, but he swears, you know, that's not it. I feel like Melissa might be fixating on the wrong thing here. She doesn't think Dave's a killer. Like, she doesn't think Dave has that in him. She, he does stupid things, and he can be wild and immature, but she she just can't believe that he would kill her. And Dave comes up with a plan. Melissa doesn't think that Erica has shown the police the Valentines yet. And Dave thinks that he can sneak into the house while everyone is at the funeral the next day. And get the valentines back without being noticed. Those valentines are the only thing that connects him to the murder. So if he can get rid of them, he'll be free and clear. Let me be clear. Dave is a shitty cat burglar. Okay? <laughs> what follows can only be described as insanely comical. So... <laughs> Dave is like all but doing his own theme song, right? He's like, he's he's freaking himself out, you know. Any anytime something happens, he like jumps right with the karate hands. 
He's he's like dramatically <laughs> like hunched over and running along hedges, and he's like super jumping. And at one point, he's just he realizes that he's just standing in the driveway, like in broad daylight, trying to decide if he should try the front door or the back door. Oh my god! You know, <laughs> maybe something that could have been worked out ahead of time, Dave. But cool. Um, but he decides, you know, oh, I just can't stand here. That's not smart. I'm going to go try the front door, which is unlocked. Okay. After all that spy game stuff, he straight up walks in the front door. But, you know, now he's in, he's in the house, but he's still freaking himself out. And as he passes the intercom speaker in the living room, he swears he can hear like a soft crackling coming from it and breathing and he calls out is anyone there but there's no answer and then he remembers oh wait i'm breaking and entering i better do what i came here for and he goes upstairs to look for the valentine in josie's room after looking through various drawers and other possible hiding spots in josie's room he can't find these valentines anywhere and he's so amped up at this point that, like, he thinks he hears a car door slam outside and he decides it's time to leave. Like, he needs to get out of there before he gets caught. So he makes for the stairs and he stops about halfway to the landing. And in this next chapter, Stein gives us a glimpse inside Dave's head as he has a full-on breakdown over the sight of Erica's dead body. All he can see is colors. Blood. There's there's so, so much blood. And are those cops? Are they yelling and coming up the stairs? There's blood. Blood everywhere. And, and a wound. And then there's silver running onto the blood. And blood on the silver. And what do they want him to do? Put down the knife. And there's a fade out. So the kill count is at two for now. And Danielle, does that change your pick for the killer? Obviously, Erica's dead. So she was she was one of them. <laughs> so I don't know. It still feel like it's a collar coming from inside the house. It still it still feels like that to me. It's mom. So mom hates yeah. you all. You just never bothered to ask. <laughs> And asshole children. Because wait, who else is dead now? I forgot to cross it off. Jo- well, Rachel has brain damage. Josie is dead, and now Erica's dead. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, Rachel could just be killing off her family. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Now it's a big. Who would hate them? Who else would hate them this much? I don't know. We have you know? we have quite the range of characters to choose from at this point. There's some that are too easy, like you're getting pushed in certain directions. But yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. Like, who, that's, that's a lot of death. Like, for it one is. Well, let's see what happens, because we got a little bit more to go here. So we're going to get okay. another time jump, and this one's a big one, okay? Okay. It's, uh, it's been a year. We're now okay. at the following February. Okay. And shit is... So a year. Yes. Shit is twisted. 
Melissa is now dating Luke. Oh. Yeah, that Luke. I guess there's only like one group of friends that this group like dates within. Super weird. I guess. Like, so Dave out of the picture? Yeah, I mean, Dave's we're getting gone. there. Um, they all just seem to change okay. partners like square dances. Like, I don't understand why we can't. Right. There's more people in school, you guys. Um, Is there, though? It's like a homeschool? I guess. This <laughs> is just them. Um, like, you have that daycare quad on the street. Is it like that? Like, this is it. Yeah. The 10 kids on the street. Yeah, they can't seem to... Yeah, because I think Luke actually does also live on Fear Street. Um, okay. So, yeah, I mean, we're all... Melissa and Luke are soups together. They are making out, and Melissa breaks off a kiss to tell Luke that she got a letter from Dave today. That she can't believe that it all happened a year ago, and then there's, like, you know, an information dump, okay? And here's, here's what we find out. Erica survived. Oh. She was rushed to the hospital and later said that she didn't know who attacked her because it was dark and the killer attacked her from behind. And because she wasn't sure, she refused to press charges against Dave. Okay. She and Rachel had stayed back from the funeral while her parents went. They were too upset to go. The police tried to link Dave to Josie's murder, but they never did find those valentines, so they didn't have any evidence at all. So Dave was never pre uh, charged with Josie's murder. Okay. But Dave had a bit of a breakdown, right? Following, like, the cheating incident and all these... Like, his parents decided to send Dave to a boarding school upstate. Because that's what we do with problems. We ship them off to boarding school. Right? Yep. Luke says that it's wild, you know, that it was it was just a year ago. Everything, it seems so fresh in his mind. And Melissa says that she's still having nightmares. She never thought Dave was a killer, and she was really sad about how everything went down. His whole life was basically ruined. Luke says that he's sorry it took so long to realize, for him to take so long to realize that him going to visit Rachel didn't help Rachel. Rachel wasn't going to get better. Not really. And he, he needed to move on. And even though it was painful, he needed to move on. Apparently he didn't move on that far. He only went across the street. But okay. Um... Melissa says that she visits Eric and Rachel—excuse me, Erica and Rachel—every week, and she feels really bad for Erica because it took her a long time to recover from that knife wound, and she thinks that Erica's probably pretty lonely. Like it's pretty much just her and Rachel in that house all the time. Luke then kind of asks, "Weird," when Melissa says this, and suggests that they talk about something else. In fact, there is going to be an ice skating party on Valentine's Day at Fear Lake. And did Melissa want to go with him? Melissa agrees, but she says she's a shitty ice skater. Um, that's when Luke notices that there's an envelope in the pile of mail on the desk. It's a card for Melissa. She tells Luke that, you know, isn't it a little bit early for Valentine's Day? But Luke says he didn't send it. 
Melissa opens the card and it reads, Roses are red, violets are blue. On Valentine's Day, you'll be dead too. They're at it again. Across the street, we're in Rachel's room and Erica is brushing Rachel's hair. Erica notices that she's hugging something in her lap and Rachel holds up the teddy bear that Luke had given her the year before. Rachel asks, if Luke is coming over, when will Luke be here to visit her? And Erica says, Luke's not coming over. Luke's with Melissa now. It's just the two of him. Rachel gets angry then and she starts saying that she hates Melissa and she hates Luke over and over again. And she starts ripping the bear to shreds. Erica calms her down, soothes her, starts brushing her hair again. And then the phone rings. Erica goes to pick it up. It's Steve? Yeah, it's Steve, Josie's old boyfriend. He he knows that they haven't really talked in a while, and he just wanted to call and say hi. Um, He saw her in the cafeteria the other day, and he just wanted to know if she wanted to go to the Valentine's skate party with him. Steve. A senior. Her dead sister's ex-boyfriend. You guys, there's more people than this, like, group of people. (laughs) With so much baggage, too. But, you know, Erica's, what, 15 now? Like, she's not had, like, gotten to really have any fun. She immediately, she's like, sure, I'd love to. Oh, but wait, I don't think I can. I probably have to stay home with Rachel. And Steve's kind of annoyed by this answer. Like, he starts arguing with her that, like, she can't watch Rachel her whole life. And doesn't she think that someone can like watch her so that they can go on this date? And Erica says, no, she needs to watch her sister, but thanks anyways. And Steve's like, okay. Yeah. And then he gets off the phone really quickly. It's a super weird phone call. Then Erica realizes that Rachel is not in her room. She calls out, where was Rachel? She goes downstairs. She sees the front door is wide open. Oh no, where's Rachel? It's going to storm soon and she needs to get her in the house. She walks out the front door and she calls out again for Rachel. And Rachel steps out from behind a tree and asks if she scared Erica. Did she really scare her? Erica just puts her arm around Rachel and leads her back into the house. And Rachel starts laughing super duper creepily the whole way back in. Monday afternoon, across the street, Melissa and Dave had just gotten in from school, and Melissa grabs the mail and sees another valentine. It's got another threat, and she's done. She decides to make hot chocolate while she and Dave start to talk about these valentines. Dave suggests that they call the police, and she's like, no, I already showed my mom, and, and my mother thinks that it's just like a, like a stupid joke, like a really tasteless joke. She suggested that I keep all the doors locked and call the police if anyone tries to get into the house. Dave thinks for a moment and he remembers, or excuse me, Luke thinks for a moment and he remembers that Melissa had said the other day she had gotten a letter from Dave at his boarding school. And if she still has it, they could compare the handwriting. Maybe this was Dave. After all, I mean, he confessed to sending the Valentines before Maybe it was him again. 
So Melissa runs to her room to get the letters so that they can do this like slew thing and compare. And on the way back, the hall phone rings. Melissa answers. It's Dave's mother. She wants to know if Melissa has heard from Dave. And she says, no, you know, I, I just got a letter from him the other day, but he hasn't called or anything. And Dave's mother tells her that Dave has run away from boarding school and that they're very concerned about him. He seems to be spiraling. And in the last few days, he's been mentioning Melissa's name a lot. So they thought maybe he had tried to contact her and she tells her, you know, if you do hear from Dave, please let me know. We just, we just want him to be safe. She's like, okay. And she hangs up the phone and goes back out to Luke and tells Luke about the phone call. They compare the handwriting and they both agree the handwriting matched. Dave has started sending these Valentines again. And now Dave is missing. Later that night, Erica helps Rachel go to bed, and Mom says that she has to go out to, to run an errand, and would Erica be okay alone in the house? Erica says, Rachel just went to bed, so it's not a big deal. I just have to study. And a few hours later, Erica is pulled from her thoughts about the assignment by a sound. It's a thumping and a walking around coming from inside the house downstairs. Someone's in the den. So she goes down to see if it was mom, but it wasn't mom. She was surprised to find who's in the den, Danielle. It's Steve. He's hiding out there. Good guess. It is Luke. He just wanted to stop by and leave the Valentine for Rachel. Erica asks why he snuck in and why he says he doesn't want to disturb yeah. anyone and by the way you stopped coming to see Rachel and he's like listen like I just want to leave this for her no one's going to give her anything and Rachel's like or and Erica accuses him of being guilty she says you don't know how much Rachel was upset when you decided to be with Melissa instead she cried every night Luke's like okay whatever this was a bad idea I was just trying to be nice I'll see myself out and he leaves Across the street, Melissa's dad is thoroughly kicking her ass at some Scrabble, and she begs him just to stop the game. She's tired. She wants to go up to bed. So she does. And she's laying there, and she's trying to get her mind to calm down. And she hears this thumping outside her window. And then she sees her window open. And someone climbs in. She's too shocked to scream, and she sees right away that it's Dave. Dave has climbed the tree outside her window and let himself into her room. Dave says she looks scared, and she's like, I don't know, because you just climbed in through my window without an invitation. And he accuses her of having never believed that he wasn't a killer. And she said that she did believe in him, but again, it's hard when he sends her threats and runs away. He doesn't seem to know what she's talking about, and she shows him the valentine next to his letter, and that they have the same handwriting. Dave takes one look at these two notes, and looks Melissa in the face, and says that he knows 
who the real killer is. And without a word, he jumps back out the window and down the tree. Leaving Melissa calling after him, who is it? The next afternoon, Melissa goes over to watch Rachel while Erica stays late to rehearse the school play. And here, like, Melissa's starting to understand that Rachel really is like a child in a lot of ways. You know, she tells about, she goes to her school and she's very smart at her school and she says, oh, you know, I'm sure that you are. It's really nice outside, so they decide to go for a walk. And when Erica comes home, she's surprised to see the two girls outside. Erica tells Melissa, you have to really watch her closely when you're outside. And Rachel protests. She says, I can go outside. I go outside all the time. And Erica's shocked by this because she knows that Rachel's not allowed to go outside by herself. But Rachel insists she goes outside all the time. Okay. Right? So that night, there's some commotion and, like, knocking over of trash cans outside Melissa's window. So she jolts awake. She thinks that, like, Dave might come back, might have, like, come back. She goes to the window, and she sees a girl running across the yard. She can't see her face, but she can see her long red hair. Rachel's hair. Melissa hears a car door slam and a car just roar away. But she couldn't see. Did Rachel get in the car with someone? So she pulls on a robe and she hears her parents calling to see if she's okay because this was such a commotion that now both of her parents are awake. Like they called the police saying that there was a prowler. Dad says all the doors are locked and the garage door is shut so no one got in. Melissa tells them that she just saw Rachel outside running across the lawn, and her parents say that's impossible because Rachel's not allowed out. That's cute. And Melissa's like, no, I saw her, but while they're arguing about it, the police show up. And before Dad can say why he called them, they ask when they discovered the body. And everyone's confused. What body? And the police say the body of a teenage boy in your driveway. Back across the street, Erica is just getting into bed. She's feeling drained when the intercom starts to crackle. It's Rachel. She wants Erica to come to her room and brush her hair. And Erica's exhausted, but okay, she's going. She sees that Rachel is wide awake. And Erica begins to brush her long red hair in slow strokes, hoping that she'll get sleepy and that they can both get some rest. But the doorbell rings. Rachel wants Erica to keep brushing, but Erica says she has to go get the door. It's the cops. Dave is dead. He was stabbed to death and dumped in the driveway across the street. Rachel was seen fleeing from the scene and they want to talk to her. Mom and Erica are shocked to hear about Dave, but they explain that Rachel has brain damage from an accident. She isn't allowed out of the house by herself. 
The officers insist they still need to talk to her anyway, so they go up to her room, and the first thing that Rachel says is that she is allowed to go out by herself. In fact, she goes out all the time. There's a small time jump now. It's only a few days, and now it's Valentine's Day. And it's been a few days since Dave's death. We're almost there, I swear. Melissa sees Erica at school, and she asks how she's doing. And Erica's like, you know, I'm not doing good. The cops think that Rachel uh, could have killed Dave initially, but, you know, after talking to her for a while, they, they realize that that's not possible. But Dave is still dead, and whoever killed him is still out there. Melissa asks if Erica's going to go to the skate party on Fear Lake, and Erica says that she is. She, she just wants to get out of the house. Her dad is back from traveling, and he'll be helping out with Rachel. Melissa says that she's going to go to the skate party with Luke and that they might see each other there. Erica heads off to rehearsal, and Melissa goes to her locker and opens the door to find that someone has drawn a broken heart and wrote the words, You're dead, in red paint on the inside, which is, of course, our cover picture. Let's talk about Fear Lake. Fear Lake is in Fear Woods. And that night, Melissa and Luke are walking along the path to the lake party. Torches have been lit along the lake shore and the night was clear. It's dark on the path and they have their skates slung over their shoulders. And they're talking about how nice the weather is for skating. There's music playing from a portable sound system on shore and several couples are already making wide circles around the frozen lake. Melissa and Luke skate out. Luke's a pretty good skater. Melissa is not. At one point, some of the other kids warn them about an area of ice off to the right where the ice is thin to not skate over there. Luke tries to pull Melissa off towards that area, and at first we think he might be trying to kill her, but Turns out he's just horny, and he wants to, like, get her alone so they can make out and do whatever. But it kind of scares the shit out of her. She, like, she needs a minute to calm down, so she tells him to, like, take a few laps without her. She'll catch up when she's calm. She's already on edge. This was... Okay, Luke, whatever. She falls a number of times trying to make her way back to the crowd when she notices that someone in a sweatshirt with a hood pulled up is skating towards her fast and they're getting closer and closer and she sees that they have a knife in one hand. Red hair flies out of the hood as it reaches as a knife reaches Melissa and slices down. Rachel Melissa's coat catches the knife, but Rachel wheels around again and comes back for another stab. But now Melissa is ready and she throws her hand up, catching it in the hair, which comes right off the head of the knife holder. It's a wig. Erica stood above Melissa on the ice. And then she goes into her evil villain monologue. Erica killed Josie. 
Josie had it coming. Always leaving Erica with Rachel. Erica and Rachel didn't deserve to sit out the rest of their lives together while Josie and Melissa just carried on. So when Dave started sending Josie the Valentines, she saw her chance. Melissa's confused and asks how Erica could have possibly done this. She was attacked too. But Erica just explains she stabbed herself. She pretended to be too sad to go to the funeral, and when she saw Bra Dave break into the house, she called the cops and stabbed herself. Everything was going fine until Luke decided to abandon Rachel, and now Erica was all Rachel had. She was trapped again, missing out on high school again, and Melissa started going out with Luke. She stole him from Rachel, and then Dave shows up, and she knew that it was Erica who was copying his handwriting and sending the new Valentines. So she stabbed him. She was wearing the Rachel wig, of course. She wanted Rachel with her, after all. And when she killed with the wig on, it was like they were both getting revenge. She wanted to get revenge for Rachel, too. For being trapped in the house for the rest of her life. And now, Melissa was going to pay. Pay for how sad Rachel was when Luke left her. Melissa tries to scramble away as Erica held the knife high. Melissa could see that Luke was now skating towards them. He was fast, but was he going to make it in time before Melissa was stabbed in the back? Then there was a boom, like thunder. The ice cracked and opened and sucked both girls under the water into the freezing lake. Melissa thrashed in the water just as Luke reached her and pulled her from the hole and onto her stomach. They both looked back down into the hole to get Erica, but she was nowhere to be found. Not a splash. Melissa looked down onto the ice below her hands and she saw what she thought at first was a fish, but then Erica's face came slowly up to the ice from underneath. Her hands came up on either side of her face, and she was looking straight ahead. She wasn't fighting. She wasn't moving. A crowd of kids came to help, and someone called the police. But Erica was dead. Three weeks later, Luke and Melissa are visiting Rachel. Rachel is lonely now that her sisters are both gone, but Luke and Melissa visit whenever they can. They try to go on with the rest of high school, and they decide that Valentine's Day sucks. In fact, they're just going to send each other Groundhog Day cards from now on. And that's how it ends. Wow. To... So I was like, kind of you were totally right. <laughs> I'm never right. You call this one. Maybe because I have my organizational chart. You did. Did it help you? Maybe it did. Because there's so many characters and oh, we jump around so much. 
it was difficult to like because I can't read out the whole book to you. Like I have to summarize and rewrite it in a lot of ways. Right. And it was like, okay, this all has to make sense. And then you really couldn't cut anything out because every little thing was a clue. So yeah, that was a, that was a long one, 218 pages. That was long. What do we think though? I liked it. It was a good one. Yeah. It was fun. I like that vision at the end of like someone under the ice. Yeah. That's a good ending image. Right? For sure. Because that would be fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. That would be. I wouldn't want to die in ice and I wouldn't want to find someone there either. I just don't understand why no one blames Chuck. This is all Chuck's fault. I mean, it started with Chuck. I mean, why couldn't the parents have, like, sued the horse place for having, like, bad... Then they could have know, afforded a nurse for Erica to, like, right. get some relief. Mm-hmm. And, I, and we knew that Josie was going to die because she didn't... She didn't have any redeeming qualities, like, ever. Right. Right? Right. And it's that thing and about seems so not concerned. Well, and it's that thing about you know I'm going through a lot, and I don't give a fuck what anybody else is going through. Yeah, kind of a deal, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And we, I knew right away it wasn't the ex boyfriend. That was too obvious. Jankman. I was like, Pfft. yeah, weirdo. That's too obvious. What is Josie doing? That like everybody is. Like, trying to come back for more. She's got some kind of secret trick. I don't want it. She has a trick, but then also people hate her. So she's kind of, like, living in this weird, like, waffle of, like, the boys love me, but then everyone hates me. (laughs) I mean, I guess. I don't know. Well. I don't know. But, like, the whole time I'm going, is she that cute? Because I said right in the beginning right. that Rachel like- was the pretty one. Right. But see, if Rachel's the pretty one, then maybe Josie's the easy one. So, Well, and you know, know, I've said it before. Boys like them. Like you said, if she was a garden tool. Boys like the crazy girls because they do more stuff. That's why they put mm-hmm. up with it. Mm-hmm. They do more stuff or they like, or sometimes they're compensating for... Maybe I'm not, or maybe I don't feel the prettiest, so I got to compensate and be like, what can I do to keep you around? Because it's not going to be my looks that keep you around necessarily. Got to do some other stuff. So what do I do? Got to do some other stuff. Yeah. The trials of low self-esteem. Right? And what the hell, Steve? Like, Steve turned out to, like, not have a hand in any of it, so he's just, like, trolling these sisters. Mm-hmm. He's just a troll. I guess. Trolling before trolling. <laughs> because I don't think he ever dated uh, Rachel. Because Rachel was with Luke I do, long I term. I never connected to Josie, right? No, Steve was Josie's boyfriend when she was killed. That's what I mean. He was only connected. Yeah. He was only connected to yeah. her. And then like, later on, he's like, well, I saw Melissa, you in the cafeteria. It's like, bro, move on. Mm-hmm. Who does that? Who's mm-hmm. like, wow, so my date died. Let's see what her sister's up to. 
<laughs> That's what I said. There's some weird, like, no one goes to this school or something. Or they're, like, the only attractive ones. They all hang out together. I don't well, know. like, you see that a little bit. There's that, like, weird incestuous thing that kind of happens in a friend group sometimes. Yeah. But, like, yeah. this was straight up, like, there's no one else in school. Like, everybody... If nope. we had to draw the little string lines, like everybody is dated, like everybody. Well, like I said, my org chart is like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, it does happen. I kind of remember that with the popular kids in school, like all the popular kids would date the other popular kids, and nobody, and there was really no like breaking that up. So I would assume at some point people like cross dated. They had to because the group was only so big. yeah. It was only so big, and people break up over the course of high school. So, you know, people have to cross-date at some point. I don't know what kind of friends you had, but, like, that would never go down. Like, there would be no No. way to hang out with people after that. Like, Yeah, it'd be, like, unless it was, like, some really weird, strange, like, at one in a million, like, you know – this it only ever got to like a puppy love stage of like we never really dated but we kind of liked each other but we never made a move and then now my friend's gonna make a move and I'm okay with that like I could see that happening if there was never like an official relationship it was just like oh I kind of like him and he kind of likes me but neither of us are going for it yeah. you know you have to either and, and your friend you know I could I mean I've been through that in a way where it's like you know, I'm not going after it, so someone should go after it, you know? I guess but you have to be capable of, like, breaking up with people and yeah. remaining on good terms, which is something I've never been able to do. And you would think that would be really hard to do in high school, unless things just – I mean, like, I didn't really date much in high school, so I didn't really have, like – I don't really have, like, a basis of comparison to be, like – but I feel like most breakups in high school were messy. Yeah. Like, everybody was, you know – Emotions are high. There's a lot of hormones happening. Like, look, yeah, know, I think we just, you know, we've just grown out of each other. Like, no one's having – No one's emotionally mature enough. I've, I've right. never been emotionally mature enough. Like, at that point, I'm like, yeah, we don't need to, see, like, interact ever, ever again. Okay, maybe once. There's only one person I could maybe still talk to that I dated seriously. But uh, other than that, no way. Yeah. I stayed friends with an ex for a little while, and then it just became, Weird. like, I, I remember all the things I hated about you. And that's all the things I think or about. Or like you, they take you know, license like, with you uh, in a way that would yeah. be allowable oh, yeah. if you were dating, but you're no longer dating and they don't understand that. Yeah. It's been like eons and it's like, dude, it's been eons. Like, absolutely not. Like, yeah. no, we've all moved on. Yeah. I think it's just, yeah, you have to be a really special kind of people to like be able to stay friends or like. Obviously, parents who are divorced and have to remain amicable. I admire those people. And I don't understand why Luke went directly for Melissa. Like, I get now that, like, that whole thing about him in the car was, like, the realization moment for him. Right? He took her the Valentine. She still doesn't know who the hell he is. He needs to just try to move on. Like, that's what that was about. Him sitting in his car with the lights on and they didn't know what was wrong with him. So he has this epiphany. And he proceeds to date Melissa, who's the girl across the street. Like, you think you're not going to run into her again? Like, I just don't understand. I don't understand why we couldn't branch out at all. Right. 
Yeah, we need some new branches. Yeah, for sure. Although not any new characters because there was like eight million already. Still not as many as the yeah, prom queen. Yeah, that's true. We don't need any more people. Prom queen had like oh the prom queen forty. Yeah, like still not as many as prom queen. But no, I enjoyed it. It was um, it was a long walk, uh, but it was festive. Um, I love the kill with the ice skate. That's awesome. That was cool. Yeah, there was some good yeah. ones. I was scared for a minute, like we weren't going to deliver on the kills. Yeah, I think it was good. I think it was pretty good. I think it was a good, solid one. So there you go. Broken hearts. Good for the, good for the holiday. Yay! So since this is high school and it's Valentine's Day, it reminded me of this thing that we used to do in high school and just made everyone feel bad about themselves. And it was called candy grams. And so on high school, in high school, in my high school anyway, what they would do is on Valentine's Day, they would the like the peer help, not peer helping where they were like, I don't know what they were. You know, they were like the leadership group of the school. Oh, like, like the they organized council? all the dance like that. Kind of, yeah. I ha- I had to do it for a year to get some credits for some shit. And it's like basically you plan the dances, you do the fundraisers, that kind of stuff for the school. And so they would put on candy grounds and you would spend like a couple bucks and you would get a balloon and some candy and it was either anonymous or you could put like from Danielle to Christy on it. Against popularity contests and all of us who were not cute or like, oh, cool, we're not going to get shit and it's sad and it's depressing. But we're going to make it better because – we need reviews. I know we haven't posted very much, but I think our last episode has been really, really good. And since it's Valentine's Day, I would like people to leave us candy grams in the spirit of Valentine's <laughs> So go and review us anywhere you can. Write it on a post-it note and send us a picture. That's fine, too. Please leave us reviews. We'd like to know how we're doing. And it helps get the show promoted and out there into the world. And hopefully now that we're done traveling for a little bit, we'll be able to be more consistent. I think we're getting better. We're getting better. This was a nice long holiday episode. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nice on theme. So, yes, if you liked the episode, leave us a candy gram in the form of a review. So do that. (laughs) Well, so next episode, Danielle is going to be taking us through episode four of the Just Beyond series that we're covering on Disney Plus. So be very excited for that. I am going to be a slacker. All I have to do is watch it and provide commentary. So that's Mm -hmm. fine. I am also... I'm also going to talk about the just announced Goosebump series coming to Disney Ah. Plus. We don't have any details. But it's worth a discussion. So we're talking about Disney Plus and Goosebumps. And I never talked about the Goosebumps gifts that I got for Christmas. So I will discuss those as well. It will be a little like mini Goosebumps related episode. I love it. Covering all the Goosebumps. I'm so excited. That's going to be super fun. So yes. Happy Valentine's Day if you celebrate. Happy Galentine's Day with your gal friends. What other holidays are there? What's anti-Valentine's um, Broken Day? Broken Hearts. A word. Uh, what's it called? Um, Broken Hearts Day. Um, <laughs> Singles Awareness Singles Day. Awareness Day. That's what it is. Singles Awareness Day. <laughs> Happy all of the things. If you're single, doesn't matter. You're still amazing. Valentine's Day is stupid. Go eat some candy. And until that time, 
We're out. Like bitches be buying cheap Valentine chocolate heart samplers on the 15th. It's me. I'm bitches. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>